and welcome to this episode of Say Something Interesting. This is the follow-up podcast from Eastlake Tri-Cities Church. My name is Megan, and with me is our teaching pastor, Brent. Hey, everybody. Hello. Thanks for uh, clicking play on this podcast. We certainly appreciate it. We do. We would be talking into the ether if it I wasn't mean, for you. It kind of feels like we're talking into the ether Every sometimes week. anyway. Yeah. Although I get texts or like comments or things regularly, so it doesn't quite feel like it. Anymore. My wife listens to it, which is great. <laughs> She's on a walk right now, I bet, listening to this. Uh, well, so. there you go. Uh, how are you, Megan? I'm doing all right. Yeah? Did you have a yeah. good weekend? I, yeah, pretty like didn't nothing happened. Someone else asked me that today and I was like, well, just hung out with my cats, so... Classic. Pretty normal weekend yeah. for me. <laughs> uh, uh, you mentioned that uh, when we for, before we could record on this, that your classes are starting mm-hmm. to have sort of their own sort of, what would you call, personality? No, they're just starting, like they're moving from like quiet, figure it out phase yeah. into like kind of forming group phase. Like they're going through the group. Are they all the same age or are they different ages? And does that affect it? All of my classes have all of the four grades. Okay. Um, Most of my students, I would say like two thirds of my students are in 10th grade. And then the other third is a mix of freshmen, juniors and seniors. Got it. So it does impact it a little bit. And I would say, so I have one class that, got silly on Friday and I was like, Oh, hello. (laughs) Are they younger? No. And I think that they like their mix, that 10% mix is more upperclassmen. And so I think that's probably part of it because those upperclassmen are like more excited about talking to each other and like talking, you know, and then I just have a couple like really outgoing boys in that class. And so they talk to each other and joke around and I have this one kid and he is like a sass king um, and he was ridiculously quiet the first two weeks. And then last Friday I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> but it's Change like, it it's in good fun. It's good. Like, it's not, it's not like bad. Cra- it's not like bad crazy. It's just like, oh, we're silly today. And like, I got to refocus you guys a lot more than I did. And, um, but I love that energy. I honestly, honestly, usually those classes are kind of my favorite. Do you look forward to one class more than the other? Uh, not at this point. But that will be the true. Um, but that probably will be true. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The like the different mix of kids just yeah. like get different, like they have different energies about them. And so um I, I know. That, and like some are easier to be with than others. So I say that because on Sunday at the 8 30, I I told the same dang message two services. <laughs> In our 8 30 service, I told the, the Costco jokes. Uh-huh. And they we're dying. It was, yeah. it was, I felt like the funniest person and there's two kind. Well, to I think. be fair, I was in there and Brian Coughlin was in there. That helps so. for sure. <laughs> and then I tell the same exact joke. I think even <laughs> more polished yeah. and better. Cause it's the second time I've told it in the second service. Uh-huh. And everybody's like arms crossed going, huh? That's funny. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> Next one. Monkey boy. Give us another one. That's how it felt. <laughs> The difference between 8.30 and 10. If I Oops. had to pick a favorite right now. It would be 8.30. Oh, 8.30 is crushing. <laughs> and the bummer is it's the 10 o'clock that's the one that's recording. Yeah, I, know. The world. I feel like sometimes too. They slept in more. No. Well, I think at 8.30, it's a lot of like people who've been coming to Eastlake for yeah, a long probably. time. Yeah, probably. That helps. And, and so like, I don't know. Sometimes I don't necessarily laugh at your joke. I laugh at you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so I think that that happens more when you know like when the people know you more. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we were supposed to have an eventful weekend with like mailers going out and everything. Yeah, I know. 
Um, we did then, have an eventful weekend, just in oh, a very different way. We had way. a crazy <laughs> dumb weekend. It was a really hard one, actually. Um, and so our mail was supposed to be delivered on Monday, and then they got pushed to Wednesday. So when we recorded this last week, it was Tuesday. And we were like, great, mail's coming tomorrow. Put me mm-hmm. to the party tomorrow night. And uh, then they kept telling us Wednesday by 7, Wednesday by 7. Uh, Wednesday at about 3, I called Eric and was like, hey, I got people showing up at 6. We need to make sure that this is coming at 7 because mm-hmm. I don't want people. So he calls, and then we get the horrible news that it was stuck on a train somewhere between California and here. Uh, there was some train congestion, uh, which is awesome. So uh, that means that we weren't going to get them until today. Um, so then we're like, well, crud, that is awful news because then you know we can't get them out. Then I get a call on Friday on my day off. They're here. Somebody's at the door knocking. Chris Gale calls him from San Antonio. Oh my! Uh, why did they call Chris? Because his name's on the old account. Because oh that's what they they almost. <laughs> we do you remember the one time that we got uh, mailers delivered to Chris's house because he put his home address on the account instead no. of the church address? No, I don't. So he had sixty thousand mailers dropped off in his driveway in San Antonio. No, not in oh, San Antonio. In, in his Pasco oh, at no. his old house oh, where no. he doesn't even live anymore. <laughs> I had to go up to the people at the door and be like. And I kind we kind of know them from yeah. previously, and I'm like, hey, if you get sixty thousand mailers dropped off, would you please sign for them and not turn them away? Yeah. Like, I swear I'll come pick them up. <laughs> so then I get a call from Chris like this last week, going, mm-hmm. I just got a call that they're coming to my house again, and then we're like, what? Like yeah. we changed that, all this kind of stuff. So he gets the phone call. I'm outside the theater, I'm knocking on the doors. Nobody's here. No. I, and I need to have somebody here in the next five minutes or ten minutes. No. Leaving. Did you call Lauren? Real yeah, quick? of course, Lauren. Like. <laughs> Luckily, she was, like, really close by, or even here, I think. Yeah. And uh, so she got him. Anyway, so we got him Friday. Uh, and then, uh, but we, we can't drop anything off. The, the, the business mail units, only mm-hmm. uh, BMEU unit is Monday through Friday. And so there's no way we're going to get it out by Friday. Um, and so we knew it would be Monday. So they're going to sit in the church over the weekend, all that kind of stuff. So we decided to have a mini mailer party fast after church on Sunday. And as if you attended second mm-hmm. service, you heard. All of the volunteers got it done in between first yeah, no, and second service. they started after first service, and people just started helping. So. Exactly. Yeah. And some of them felt so inclined to help out that they just skipped attending yeah. service altogether. <laughs> they just felt like this was a, a better use of their time and or uh, energy. You know who you are. That's fine. I have cameras. It's fine. And so they're out there, and they had – here's the job that we gave them. Mm-hmm. All I want you to do is count all of these mail pieces into stacks of 50. Yep. And then put a rubber band on them. Oh, no. The staff will come in on Monday. Mm-hmm. We'll make sure that everyone gets the right routes and, you know, the rubber band, you know, all this kind of stuff. I just need I need about 50,000 mailers in stacks of 50, mm-hmm. which is a big job. I'm yeah. not, I mm-hmm. don't want to downplay that. It takes a lot of work. That's why it was going to be such a huge help mm-hmm. to have them be able to do that. Oh, no. My recommendation was, as we've done for every mailer previously, yep. count out one stack of 50. Now, yep. you don't have to get all of the stacks exactly right, but you have to get that one right. Yeah. And then use that as like a feeler to mm-hmm. kind of feel if these stacks are close. <laughs> you you know, see where I'm I've going? I've done those because I've done yeah. mailer parties You set before. it down on a table. Yeah. You put in another stack there that and you go, I that's always, a little high, that's a little low. I never, like that technique never, like I always question Listen, it every single time. if you're too off, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I yeah. don't care if you're too off. Plus or minus two, we're going to be fine. So I show up this morning, and I'm starting to put some of these in here, and then I grab a stack of these mailers. Megan, I'm going to show you a picture of my phone. I know that the audio for the pe- <laughs> people who can't hear it, the podcast can read it. But yeah. I sent this out. I want you to look at... Those do not look the same. Are they even close to nope, looking the not same? Really. <laughs> I have in my hand eight mailer, eight 
like yeah, they packages are, of mailers. I would say varying is the word I would use. Would varying you say that there's one in there that is about twice the size of yes, another one? Yes, I would. I would say that, yeah. Would you say that any of... I, I, <laughs> I said this to my father-in-law <laughs> and to John Inman, and I said, hey, I'd like to speak with quality control, yeah. please. <laughs> I just picked up a stack that I, I counted it out because I felt like this is, I, I would set it next to it and I'd say, there's no way. How did this yeah. happen? There's 24 in one of the stacks. Uh-oh. We were off by 26. That's a lot. How, how do you get off by <laughs> 26? Well, you clearly aren't, you could lose track of what you're counting is how you get off by 26. Here's how you do that. You're plus or minus two. And then instead of wrapping a, a rubber band around the one that you just compared it with, Versus the one that you know is the static yeah. one. You rubber band the static one, yep. and then it just keeps going in that way. And or you are obsessed with watching the football game on time, yeah. and so you just don't give a care. <laughs> <laughs> and I happen to think it's one of those. <laughs> and so it was uh, an eventful morning of we getting in thinking we had about an hour job ahead of us. Uh-huh. And uh, we had to unwrap every stack oh, and no. remeasure it and get it close. Oh, no. So it's now three. Well, it was about three o'clock when I dropped him oh, off at the no. post office. <laughs> so uh, a fun, a real fun day, a real <laughs> just quality uh, way to spend a few hours. <laughs> staff bonding. Oh, very. Sta- it was silent. We were like, because we had we had we had an incident over the weekend yep. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a cleaning night on Wednesday night, and uh, one of our back doors was accidentally left open, and our computer walked away on us. Yeah, well, uh, it had some help. It had help from yep. a, a certain individual in a uh, in a black hat and a white shirt, and in, in, in case you happen to see him, uh, yeah. and jeans. <laughs> uh, and so we're working with that. So that was a crazy third. Yeah. It was just a. It was uh, it was a tough one, man. I'll be honest. Yeah, it, it was wasn't. Like, it wasn't. I was the in a state ideal. of depression from like Thursday through Sunday, basically. I believe that. And then the Seahawks lost in a stupid game. <laughs> it's like, of course they did. Of course they lost in overtime. <laughs> that is apropos. That's because all the commentators were talking too much about how this is going to be Russell's 100th win, and like if they win this opener, it'll be some sort of a streak record breaker. And I was like, shut up! Yeah, like, don't talk about that. <laughs> What are you talking about, man? Yeah. <laughs> That's why. That was awful. I blame the commentators. It was so bad. <laughs> so bad. But if you came this weekend, thanks for coming and checking it out. We super appreciate you being there. <laughs> we did kick off a new series. Uh, our mailer is out or going out and will hit boxes on Wednesday. Yeah. Does it have a date of last Sunday? Yes, it does. Right on the very front. Because we're trying not to suck. We're not trying. Succeeding. No, we're very we're unsuccessful in that way. But <laughs> trying is the operative word there. And I hope mm. that people recognize the irony yeah. and just think that, wow, what a meta move for them. Yeah, I know. To send out an old mailer. <laughs> and uh, we'll uh, go with that. So. Yeah. I like it. Anyways, that was all of that. Um, yeah, anything else that is, is worth talking about before we dive um, into this thing? Yeah. Um, Brent Johnson, everyone, just so you know, Brent Johnson knows all of the lyrics to Avril Lavigne's I'm With You. Mm, yes. <laughs> what, was that Sunday morning? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I was feeling nostalgic, and I listened to, like, Avril's first CD, Let, Let Go, or whatever it's called. Um, and I realized that songs like hit really differently when you're 34, as opposed to when you're like 14. Sure. And so then I was like, like, I'm with you. I was like that, that song hits a lot different at 34. And so I said that and I kind of started singing it and Brent joined me and sang the entire chorus. Did you like how I downplayed yeah. it? Like I didn't know how the song was going. Yeah. Was that the one where it goes like, I'm with you. <laughs> 
You're like, yeah, that's it. Um, we'll, we'll cut that part out. I wasn't expecting to sing. Are you kidding me? Avril Lavigne was like the, uh, the bee's I know, knees. I know, but I like didn't expect you to still know all of the Dude. words. Although I was listening to it and I was like impressed. I was like, oh, I still know most of the words to all of these songs. Do you feel like 90s radio was like apex radio okay but i think everybody feels that whatever radio was on when they were in high school was apex radio i i listen to some of the stuff now and i'm like i just don't know maybe like spotify changes that or like Mm -hmm. the you know itunes uh, apple music Mm -hmm. or something changes that but like my daughter doesn't listen to the radio like i listened to the radio when i was 12 or 13 or how she's 13 Mm um i was I was listening to the radio with a tape recorder, yep, mm-hmm. pressing, pressing record when um, TLC's Waterfalls came on yes, uh, mm-hmm. and or Weezer or anything yep, Green yeah. Day. And I like love that music and still like I still play some of that stuff back. And I'm like, this was good. This yeah. was really good. There's... Now I listen to Dua Lipa and I'm like, is this good? Oh, I, I don't Dua think. Lipa. <laughs> so does my daughter. <laughs> She heard she heard that she's doing an American tour. It was Ooh, on the radio. London and I can go. Oh, and she's like, Dad, <laughs> I have to go. And I'm like, you're 13. You don't have to go to anything. You're not going to do a Lipa. Give me a break. Ugh. Uh, yeah, I love Dua Lipa. But I think I've heard saw a study that said that whatever music you like listen to in high school ends up being the music that like completely shapes your musicality through your whole life. So like that's like the that's like the big shaping time in what kind of what your music tastes are going to end up being for the rest of your life. Yeah, so I I get it. We were out on a boat this summer, and I think Philip put on like '90s radio on mm-hmm. the on the Spotify chain, or uh, maybe it was uh, what's the other one, Pandora, maybe or something yeah. like that. And it was like we kept saying, "Oh, dude, this hit. Oh, right. This song is freaking awesome. Yeah. I love this song." And be like the next one, I'm like, "Where? What is this playlist? This is yeah. amazing. <laughs> what is going on here? These are all bangers. Let's yep. let's go." And uh, and then you know, then I get in my car and I'm like, "They're playing this song again. This song yeah. is so overplayed. Mm-hmm. Come on, mm-hmm. this is terrible. Pitbull's not good, guys. Don't it's listen. Don't listen to Pitbull. So, anyways." <laughs> Uh, <laughs> All right, so we started a new series on Sunday we called did. Try Not to Suck. Um, it's going to be looking at a little bit of uh, hopefully a microcosm of Jesus' teachings. Jesus' teachings as a whole is ethical theory, but really like Sermon on the Mount sort of stuff. We went through some Beatitudes, and we said uh, that I think it's important about how we read this and how we interpret what am I supposed to do with what I've heard, right? As we go through life, we're oftentimes in so many different arenas, try not to suck at things. And when we carry that mentality over into our religious life or our moral life or whatever we're trying to do, uh, and then we hear Jesus's uh, imperatives or instructions, or this is what it takes to live, the, uh, you know, his vision of the good life, then we can kind of read through the through read through those with like this self centric. What does this mean to me? How does this affect me? Um, I really like that point that I made about uh, which I know I'm tuning my own horn over here, but the <laughs> um, the like Louisiana hurricanes and, and all the stuff that's like oh I I know immediately I default to thinking. I wonder if that's going to affect me. How does that affect mm-hmm. me? And that's like so incredibly selfish and the wrong way to look at that. <laughs> but like, there's not any, like, that's just, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that that's how we do things. That's yeah. how we read things. Mm-hmm. And so 
in light of that, there is going to be a way that that's how we read Matthew five through seven, right? The gospel, before I go into this, I got to address like a lens that we read this through and, and say, we got to make sure that we get this right, that this is a picture of uh, a perfection that is unattainable for us. That was, that is offered to us through Christ. That is kind of a, in, in, in a big way met with a messianic sort of focus uh, that isn't necessarily uh, here's what you need to do to be a Christian. Although yeah, it's not like a checklist necessarily. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's like these are these ideals. Sure, they're ideals. Are we going to meet these? No. And so it's the humility that comes with knowing I'm called to something, and yet uh, I know that I'm going to fall short of it. And that, that doesn't mean that I don't try, and that doesn't mean that I'm stuck in shame. I, I don't live with the shame for not reaching up to it, but I don't live in the fear of not doing anything about it mm-hmm. because I can't get there. Um, and so there's that quote by Ruskin that was really, really great. Yeah, that's and, a great quote. Uh, and all the stuff about the Greek temples versus gothic cathedrals which i thought was very interesting uh I even though i've too. never been to like so i you've have been. Mm-hmm. um i mean i lived in europe and we lived in sicily which has um which has greek ruins um so outside of greece sicily has the best preserved greek ruins in the world um so like i've seen that greek precision and then gone to um like cathedrals and those kinds of places although italy doesn't i'm not sure I'm not sure how many Gothic cathedrals there I went to in Italy. I think that was more of a Northern Europe kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, that like. I've I, been to Edinburgh and I saw St. Mm-hmm. Giles Cathedral, like right there on the Royal Mile. And that is enormous and it's big and mm-hmm. it does have like a weird haunting, mm-hmm. dark sort of feeling. Like I, I think that the the vibe that they wanted, that the artists were going for was when you come in here, it's not happy cheery you know you go into like i don't know certain restaurants or certain uh not restaurants restaurants usually darkly dimly lit for Uh for those reasons but like a grocery store yep and they're like we're gonna light everything up it's gonna be so bright and clean white you go to an apple store it's like everything's light Mm -hmm. i mean everything's lighted up right uh and these ones are like no we want you to come in and feel a sense of closeness or uh, there's just m- so much mystery in like what is how high is that ceiling i have no idea what are those windows about what are yeah and and like there is some of that i think in italy too of like that um those ideas and that like that feeling of reverence like i want you to feel small in here yeah i want you to feel um like inconsequential um so that you remember you are uh and yeah it's but i was also thinking about um Cause you were talking about how Gothic churches, like there's a lot of artist interpretation in there. Yeah. And, and even like, uh, if you look at like stained glass or like, they all um, tell stories, right? Yeah, this like, is their like interpretation. The Vatican, stuff. like um, yeah. the, the Sistine chapel, like the ceiling there. And like, there is a lot of interpretation and artist input. And um, I was thinking about how like we need, we like individual value, the individual value in our imperfection and in the imperfection of every soul that's here and like that hue like the humanity of that and like honoring that in a like spiritual place um and how that is different than the the rote this is how it is this is what it looks like pristine um it's like i'm going to honor my imperfection i'm going to honor yeah that i'm going to fall short yeah and that ruskin quote says the only thing honorable is the admittance of 
a uh, a fault. I'm, I'm screwing that line up, but mm-hmm. something something along those lines of it just we're so that's actually a point of which it's, it's a good thing for us that we can admit our shortcomings in that way. Um, I always think of uh, I'm reminded of um, reading through Walter Isaacson's biography of Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs always had a hard time buying furniture. Um, because it never felt like it was polished enough. It was always flawed to the point where it didn't match up to his expectations for what the, I want somebody to put into furniture as much effort as I've put into their phone mm-hmm. or their watch or their whatever else. Mm-hmm. And he always, he, he, it, like he would buy some cause he would think it would work and then he'd get rid of it. Like so there was some imperfection that he would find and he'd start all over. Mm. He spent thousands and thousands of dollars on furniture because yeah. he was just never satisfied with I'm it like what a way to what live. a quirky uh, yeah, yeah super super because <laughs> it's like furniture like totally lo- <laughs> how much how much value does it lose once you take it off the floor yeah. it's kind of like buying a car right I mean, yeah like, a little bit yeah. on the secondary market i don't care how much you paid for your couch mm-hmm. it's a used couch you get maximum x dollars for yeah, it now right. you know what yeah, i mean yeah, like yeah. i'm not gonna give you a bunch for it uh <laughs> so it's it's just a weird mm-hmm. a weird thing in that yeah. way but that is weird. For that mindset, right? Mm-hmm. And that joke, I tried to use that joke for the Greek uh, things. I thought it was uh, really creative about, you know, made in Rome, but designed in, by Apple. Oh, California. yeah. I thought it was funny. Did I think you? I Good. chuckled. Thanks for appreciating it because I felt like it went over like a lead balloon and I almost pulled it for second service. Sometimes you say those too fast. Like, maybe. It's a thinker. Like, that one's on a little bit of a thinker. Yeah. You got to, like, you got to stretch it out a little. I guess for those of you who, who got it. So, you know, just, I'll just say that you're smarter. It than wasn't the rest. like an LOL it either. Was it no, was like no. A, it was like a, just want to be creative. Yeah. That's all I want it to be. I want you to, I want to reward you a little bit for listening closely to my fast. I was talking fast on Sunday. I know I was because I had about five pages and I hate having that many right now. Yep. Uh-huh. But I just couldn't do anything less. What yeah. else you got in there? The other thing I was thinking, so one of my like favorite verses is Joshua. I don't remember the numbers now, but be strong and courageous um, for the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. And I was thinking about like, what if like, what if being strong and courageous looks different than what we think it looks like? What if being strong and courageous looks like being vulnerable and willing to make mistakes? What if strong and courageous looks like, I know I'm not going to meet this standard or this level or whatever, but I'm going to try anyway. I'm going to push for that standard in my life anyway, Um, even though I know I'm not going to meet that. And even though I know that might be embarrassing at some point when I don't meet those expectations, Um, but I'm going to do that anyway, because I'm, I'm being strong and courageous and I'm pushing towards being more like Jesus and walking that way in my life every day. Yeah. That's good. That was my other thought. I like it. Yep. I like it. Hopefully, uh, if you were in town, you were able to grab one of those note sheets that have the uh, Beatitudes uh, on it, on the back of the note sheet, and put it somewhere to be able to look at it. And this is a reminder. Yeah, and important to note, if you don't have that, it is the message version of the Beatitudes. So if you want to look it up on your own, make sure you're looking up the message. Well, the best way to do that is just to go to eastlaketricity.com slash notes, Uh and everything will be up on there, (laughs) including all the quotes that I pulled from Ruskin, as well as I think there was one from Mm -hmm. Inti right in there, too. So... Pull that up. Um, the homework this week was to read through those every single day and either start your day or end your day or, I don't know, at any point, really. At, mm-hmm. at some point, just reading through those and being like, I, I just want to practice these words coming out of my mouth and letting them begin to shape me. I'm reading uh, a book right now called Nicene Option by uh, James K. A. Smith talking, and he's like this guy who always is a philosopher, but like a practical, uh, like the your environment shapes you more than you realize. So put yeah, yourself mm-hmm. in environments. You don't, you know, 
we are we are a product of the things that we choose to surround ourselves with and the choose that we things that we choose to read. And so it's I really like him because he's a Christian coming at it from a uh, a theologian who doesn't disparage the church, admits it's uh, admits the flaws of the church. Uh, like definitely were broken. A lot of churches are not really about what they're supposed to be about, but there is something about, but we, it's the, I can't abandon it. It's uh, if God's your father, the church is your mother sort of thing. Like I've mm. got to put up with this kind of thing because I know I need it. I need, it's really hard to wash people's feet from a distance. Uh, it's really uh, something I've got to, you know, get in the nitty gritty and, and begin the practices of, having the words of, of the music that we sing and the verses that we read through and the, the talks and the, if you want to call it a homily or a, a lecture or a talk <laughs> or a sermon, whatever you want to call it, uh-huh. uh, some of that begin to shape me and, and yeah, it's good. So, uh, yeah. anything else? That was it. Okay. Let's jump into something interesting. Let's do it. Okay. You, uh, you opened, I go first. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a, the unfortunate news of, Somebody who passed at too young of an age, mm. uh, Norm McDonald passed away this last uh, yes. week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was on Wednesday, Thursday, or something like that. I remember they coming through on my phone. Sixty-one years old, and uh, were you a Norm fan? Did you? I'm. I'm. I don't know if I would call myself a Norm McDonald fan. Yeah, I wouldn't. But I'm I, I wouldn't have said I was him. a fan. I know like who he is? If, his, if a stand-up came out, I doubt I would like mm-hmm. run to Netflix to watch it. But I do remember him, nostal- you know, from a nostalgia standpoint. As uh, Burt Reynolds on uh, SNL, yep. um, uh-huh. the Jeopardy stuff yep. with all that kind of stuff. He was fantastic on that. He did Week of Update uh, a little bit before my time, but mm-hmm. I would watch it with the highlights because it was like during that Adam Sandler, David Spade mm-hmm. sort of years. And so it was uh, kind of a big deal. Uh, and then just kind of around, he was a, a regular guest on Conan and who is one of my favorite comics. And that was my favorite late night show forever was Conan O'Brien. Um, and uh, so after he passed away that evening, I remember Kylie had gone to bed. I just basically, you know, everybody on Twitter then goes and does the, like these homages to Norm. Here's yep. the best thing. Here's stories you didn't know about him sitting down with his sister and talking, you know, all this kind of stuff. I spent like that about an hour, hour and a half, maybe that night, just watching clips and stuff and, and doing kind of as a tribute of some sort. And so then when Eric asked, "What does anybody have a video for Sunday? I was like, hey, here's this video of Nern that does this dumb porpoise joke mm-hmm. that we're going to show on Sunday. That was, that's Slade, by the way. It was yeah. so funny. It was so <laughs> stupid. And Andy's coming at the end yeah. of, it's like somebody coming up and taking it a four-mile walk to show you a dog dirt. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, anyways, uh, all of that to say, uh, Conan O'Brien does a podcast called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, mm-hmm. and they did a, a special emergency pod, whatever you want to call it, uh, this last week. Him and Andy Richter sat down with one of their producers who knew, knew Norm pretty well and did like an hour talk on little stories behind the scenes, stuff mm-hmm. you didn't know about him. Uh, as close as they were, Norm and uh, Conan, Conan didn't even know about his cancer. He really, really did keep it apparently close to the chest. And mm-hmm. and uh, so anyways, it was, a, it was a fun hour. It was a little bit somber. It's like uh, not a nutbeat one. So yeah. be careful mm-hmm. when listening to it. You know, especially if you've, I would imagine if you've got somebody who in your life who is also struggling with cancer and or just mortality in, mm-hmm. of life in general, uh, it's one of those ones where you're like, Oh man, I need to go give somebody a hug or something. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, yeah. But it was really, really good. They did a really good job because it's so hard. I know for some of them who spend 99% of their life joking about everything to then talk about something as serious as mortality. Um, it's a delicate dance. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really well done. Um, so if you go on whatever podcast you listen to, don't, don't, 
turn this one off yet, but you know, <laughs> Conan O'Brien needs a friend and, and for sure they talk about Norm Macdonald. And then, uh, if you have an extra few time, you don't want to extra few minutes of time, you maybe, or maybe you don't want to listen to an hour podcast or whatever. Um, Conan O'Brien also showed up at the uh, Emmys this last weekend, oh, okay. this Sunday night. Uh, yes, yesterday. Uh, yesterday. Yes. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, had some pretty fun, uh, went up on stage with uh, with Stephen Colbert, who okay. won the Emmy. Okay. Who also hosted the late night show. So Conan <laughs> didn't win, but he's on stage. He went up stage with him, <laughs> high fiving all of the producers and standing with them and going, "Yes, yeah, we did it, yes." <laughs> and then Stephen Colbert saying, uh, "I know most of these people, and most of them worked really hard on my show, and I'd like to say thank you." And Conan's <laughs> face, and everybody's dying. <laughs> Uh, Conan is screaming when John Oliver wins a prize. Yeah. He's just like, yes, you know. Uh, and then when the uh, yeah. some producer guy comes out, he stands up and gives a salute and freaks out. And everybody, mm-hmm. I mean, he just he freaking slayed it. He yeah. kind of stole the show. I didn't, I don't, I don't know. I didn't watch the Emmys. I, I, didn't I really don't know anybody that does. <laughs> but watch uh, that. Like, yeah. if, I mean, that's going around pretty virally this morning. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that's about five minutes of your time. Definitely, cool. definitely watch that. So, cool. all right, that's it. That's it for me. All right. I just have a weird fact. Um, I teach biology, everyone, in case you didn't know that. And this last week we were talking, we've been talking about like, um, like re- replicating cells and DNA and like this DNA codes for this thing. And, um, and like, why do we, why do our cells need to replicate? And that process is called mitosis. And so we were like, well, you know, like, you need to replace old cells and like repair them and, um, and to grow and all this stuff. And I had a student who was like, Oh, and I think I talked, Oh, well, you know, you really replace your skin cells and da, da, da. and they, then we were talking about how long does it take for you to replace every skin cell in your body? And obviously this happens like 17 years, you know, one or two cells at a time. Sure. Your guess is 17 years. I'm, I, no, I'm just kidding. For your, your skin cells. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's like three days or yeah, a day. Well, I mean, yeah, two extremes there, Brent, yeah. but, um, <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. So it's 27 days. Okay. Every 27 days, the skin cells on your body have completely replaced. Come themselves. on. Okay. That's good. So like yeah. That. Um, so every 27 days you get a new skin. And then I said to my kids, I was like, can you imagine if we shed like snakes did and you had to come to school on shed day and literally all of them like shook, like we're like, Ugh! and <laughs> We're like, oh, Miss Bojan, that's so gross. And uh, like half of them are dealing with acne because you deal with high schoolers. I know, but they all get to wear masks and now. So, so. they kind of look like they're shedding. <laughs> Especially little Carl over there. Carl sheds every seven days. Look at, pull off your mask real quick, Carl. Uh, Show him your face. Uh, uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's my fun fact. Speaking for you, of uh, snakes shedding their skin, okay. We watched. Um, uh, the second Harry Potter last okay. night. Okay. Uh, cause we're watching them all, uh, with the kids. Got it. Because, uh, yeah, cause you're taking them, we're taking them to, to Harry Florida, Potter right? land yeah. in uh, about a month and a half mm-hmm. or so. And, uh, they did good. It was mm-hmm. like a pretty, like a lot. The second one is a lot, lot scarier than the first one. They get a lot scarier Like the big spiders. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it's funny to watch Jovi right now cause she's reading the books and she's watching the movies mm-hmm. at the same time. And so she tries to talk through them like she's not scared. Uh-huh. Like I know something about this yeah. snake that he's gonna die because of a sword, right? <laughs> and but you can tell like she is scared. Yeah, still watching the show. It's like a weird. 
Yeah, she's she's talking herself through oh, it. Oh, talking so that, herself through it. So that she doesn't like, I'm going to sleep fine scared. tonight, Dad. Yeah. I know this dies. Yeah. I dies at the end. <laughs> I'm going to sleep fine tonight. Don't you worry about me. I'll be sleeping great. <laughs> okay. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I heard it gets even scarier and scarier. scarier, yeah. So here we go. It gets Buckle darker. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, well, that'll do it for uh, this week's episode of Say Something Interesting. Appreciate you guys taking time out of your week to be able to make this thing happen. We are on part two of our Trying Not to Suck series this Sunday at 8.30 or 10 o'clock in person or 10 o'clock on the live stream. Love to have you be a part of either of those two things. Um, we do have a 101 coming up. We we decided to get one on the calendar. So Kyle and I are hosting our house. If you have been attending Eastlake for any short length of time and have never been a part of a 101 and want to come here about how it got started and what the beginning t- stuff looked like and what the leadership team looks like and all the, the behind the scenes nitty gritty details. Uh, make sure to mark your connect card for that or go online. Uh, if you go to eastlaketricities.com and look at the, I believe the next steps tab on, if you go down, it'll say Eastlake 101 and you can get registered for that. Uh, anything else, Megan, that I'm missing? I don't think so. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. We'll talk to you next week.